0: Hi, I'm Andrew Thompson and I help creative brands with design solutions across all aspects, often operating as an outside voice that facilitates branching out of groupthink and nurturing new ideas, growing an increase in impact around kind design. So, the idea of play as design theory isn't anything new really and is widely documented throughout different eras. For this first podcast, I talked about the Playful Release and Conscious Designs from the Nike ISPA team member, Nicolez, a contemporary artist and part of the Nike ISPA Catalyst Creation team. We discussed the wider meaning of play as self-expression, building a movement, and the idea of using sustainability to actively regenerate our environments, also using nature to inform technology. This was scheduled to be part of a series of short vignettes, more off-the-cuff conversations really, which I was going to share on different platforms. But this was so effortlessly engaging, linking general chit-chat, sustainability, circularity, future design, cars, basket weaving, 90s hip-hop. It had to be put into a podcast. So no formal intros on this episode. We drive straight into conversation
1: yeah so the, the team 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 account is actually kind of a funny story how we uh, are doing it under the radar and it still is our team but we're just you know we lost
0: the account kind of <laughs> but hopefully we we'll get it back here yeah. that's amazing just hearing about how um the team 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 account was <laughs> generated it's so it's quite an organic thing that happened then
1: yeah it was an organic way of for ourselves visually keep track of what we're doing and have an archive for a database and then of course people start following you and then we had to go on private because of legal reasons but um yeah it was just it's just nice to archive your work i forgot it as a as a young artist too i mean i'm still young but uh <laughs> you <laughs> know when i just started in amsterdam my little studio i just made a lot of stuff and i forgot to actually capture it and make photos and like i don't have i don't have much of, I, I have my website as a portfolio but there's so much other stuff i just didn't capture and i think that's the beauty with instagram you can just make a little database basically what i'm doing now with need for speed is just my brain farts throw it on the <laughs> gram and part of it became sneakers and people picking it up and it's like oh people are are enjoying this inspirational side of my brain process or my brain thought <laughs> oh,
0: that's amazing it's an amazing feed, and like so varied as well so that is just like literally your kind of thought process band across yeah like, Fashion
1: or product and car design is the sneaker elements of it and just in general like I think a lot of designers have this similarity or relationship with the automotive industry because it's about speed and fastness and durability and all that stuff so it makes a lot of sense it's just nice to make this visual relation happen to people who maybe have a less understanding of it or you know there's also there's always the haters that say like no that's an odd shoe, no, that's a puma <laughs> <laughs> but since i'm a nike boy I, uh, I just stick to the to the database or the
0: archive of nike dna because it's humongous if you go through uh, through it all <laughs> I imagine it is. I mean, I just think it's a tight time to sort of talk about stuff. I wanted this to be a little less informal than the the Footwear Fables uh podcast it did and just yeah. sort of have a chance to talk about just hiding um, something the world. <laughs> yeah, make sure you've got anything that's sort of um yeah. hidden. There we go. Um, I don't really know where to start really. Can you give a little bit of a bio at uh, in regards to your your career cause it's it's so multifaceted in terms of what you've done and an account to date and stuff
1: yeah of course it's it's kind of funny because it's 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 an all all, all overall my whole career is an unplanned situation like of course you have your dreams and your like goals but everything that happened so far in my creative life wasn't planned it just happened um so flashing back to 2009 that's when i graduated at uh, design academy eindhoven which is mainly industrial design you have like eight directions and i went more for the fashion part of it uh man and identity uh, which is multi how we, how, you, how would you call it you just described it as a multi yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, direction like it was fashion but it was also a more industrial approach but you're not like a technical enough to become or to call yourself a fashion designer you just you just know aspects of it uh um, you're kind of a material expert you know how to use uh, cross media so my graduation project was basically a way of using fabrics on the body but through like a slow motion video and that was one project and the other project more of an interior foam project uh, uh, acoustic situation like how to damp sound in a decorative way in public spaces um, and I just decided to start my own little studio called Hey Nick, and I was sort of like an all-round designer I was just giving advice making videos doing ha- half being a VJ and uh, making art installations uh, And it just kept going, you know, I wasn't making any money. I just was having this very cheap studio back in Eindhoven then, and just made stuff, which kept me going. And then at some point you had a portfolio that I took to Amsterdam, the big city of Amsterdam (laughs) and then showed to an agent who at that time actually magically enough understood my work, Manja Otte. And she was at that time an agent who um, was working for an agency that did mainly photo and video. But for some shoots they needed a build out or like some sort of installation. And I just slowly started working with them. And on the side, I also did stuff with Post Panic. uh, which is also more like VJ focused and 3D design but the cool thing is that they saw my work as um, like I was almost like an illusionist like I created real pieces of work and then filmed it but then changed small things in a cheap way while it looked CGI or computer generated and I think that's always a bit of my spiel I like to create this optical illusion Uh, so fast forward to 2014 I got a phone call from CDG Comme des Garçons and they bought my uh, they ordered 19 phone boys for their flagship store which is pretty rare bad because uh, <laughs> it all started as an experiment of just gluing bone parts that i had left over for my graduation onto a suit and that made it to a catwalk that made it to like an exhibition show in paris called monsters in fashion and yeah that's the beauty of how things are being picked up once you just start making stuff and the power of manifesting because my agent did ask me what would be your favorite client in like 2012 and i did <laughs> wrote down Comic congrats <laughs> so be careful what you wish for <laughs>
0: um, manifestations yeah man it's like well it's basically setting (laughs) gold
1: and then hoping for the best but I kind of forgot about it so that phone call of them was pretty amazing Um, and then in between I did some other installations for Nike and on the side just had my own fashion exhibitions with a friend of mine Harm Rensing was called Fashion Promos or Moda Beloft where we transformed whole spaces into like graduation shows from all over the world so we you know selected work from the UK Belgium uh, New York and just showcased it in, in like a story which was pretty pretty awesome and then 2016 I got the phone call from Nike like are you interested in a job in Portland or Beaverton no clue where it was flew <laughs> uh, <laughs> over what is it 12 no 10 hour flight literally on the other side of the world and uh, got this job and at that time still the Nike lab team as a material designer for footwear but slowly yeah. transformed myself into a hybrid so I did like stretches in retail footwear design color and I think the freedom in our team is pretty cool to sort of like do whatever you want what I did as a freelance artist but then in like a corporate environment yeah. and yeah I never wished for for nike but i do realize that i always had this sort of like idea of like working for an athletic brand or footwear brand or sport speed related would be awesome and i did like all the nike lab product and fun fact one of our collaborators is called the garçon so i know the people there and that's a beautiful relationship working on those products on the for the runway Um yeah i think i have this example here this is one of them where you have like the exposed foam right so that's basically Uh-oh. sort of like linked to the idea yeah, of, yeah. of the foam boys these are dyed but uh yeah great part that lovely man colors yeah. also natural
0: dyeing fun fact <laughs> what the dyes the, the natural dyes yeah we experimented a bit
1: with Stussy too with uh, like sandal wood or you know we have all these powders that we have at the BRS which is our makerspace. Yeah. we can just like you know you bo- boil the water you throw in the dye and then you start dipping or with indigo as well like uh, certain fabrics like hemp or, or cotton or even like the synthetic letters they take it very well and some meshes just you know absorb it like a sponge and it creates all these different shades and it's a beautiful result and fun to work It's
0: really nice. I mean, I was just saying the stuff that you do with the ISPA team um, and the vision that you guys are pushing uh, is like amazing sort of rethinking the whole linear economy and pushing new design languages. Um, It's almost like balancing a bit of a science, technology and humanity at the same time yeah when when you sort of think about future um, cities and what they might look like with sort of whether it's sort of scaling from um, large planned uh, landscapes to driverless cars or sort of sci-fi urban landscapes um, you could almost imagine like that the Nike S P A Road Warrior being born out of that yeah Um, that's definitely one of my favourite sort of releases um, last year and you you guys sort of building this new hybridised footwear which which is just awesome yeah Um, what do you think next that was a clash of
1: innovation like literally that whole idea of scavenging improvised scavenging protect and adapt that was a beauty when we as a team because we started quite small as like three members and we just expanded you know to be taken more serious as a as a little group but inviting people to our group and then explaining our philosophy and and seeing them go wild in innovation and literally scavenging on campus and collect what we have and then see the road warrior being born it's kind of a magical result of like our ISBA group and our philosophy and the way to design uh, and it's great to see people picking it up how the philosophy works like the the, the idea of improvising and scavenging seen as an innovation Um, yeah I think to answer your question about like uh, of course the future of ISPA and I can't say too much of course to to give away what what we're thinking about but I think in general what's happening in the world right now is this beauty of play and like the importance of play uh, and the the asset of or the interaction between the digital and the physical like of course after COVID we all want to come out and like be there but we're still like kind of linked (laughs) to this new digital world and how to combine it. And I think we're, of course, battling or intrigued by the idea of relinking with nature. So we can't stop thinking about maybe an ISPA farm or like to grow your own resources, but also to think more local by local, like how can we solve problems where you change infrastructure or, you know, be more sustainable and even the transportation of materials and product. Um, And I think that's where design can play a big role too, on assembly, on growing materials or resources. We discussed it in Nike design exploration, the NDE episodes where we discussed mycelium, like there's a whole new world in growing shoes through mycelium or mushrooms. Um, But i think that's that's what ISBA, you know keeps improvising literally and, and and adapting to the situations of of new technologies but almost this idea of regeneration or regenerating uh, our own soil our own nike soil
0: um so you were talking about um regenerative design in a way right so the possibility or the hope that you know one day we could grow materials and and make product i mean that's such a, a, a beautiful idea yeah uh, I, I mean i'm not sure if
1: i'm giving away there too much but it's more like this we all need to think differently on how to Produce a product. I think Uh, I just get really excited about the idea of having more smaller projects, local by local, per region. Online, we can spread it globally. But the idea of creating something local and keep it local, like maybe if you are traveling one day to Japan, you can get that local created shoe, but you're not shipping it back and forth. Uh, But it's grown there by let's say bamboo yarn or mycelium yarn or whatever. But specifically to a region, region, Uh, and I think there's a beauty to explore or change manufacturing and and infrastructure and i think that's just one goal for ispa to solve or to play with it's it's almost beyond footwear design it's it's like the whole uh, change of system or radical change in um, how we use our products or how we even build it
0: ourselves no absolutely i think that um, in order to sort of produce products that, lo- that use less water and produce less carbon emissions yeah definitely sort of um a solution do you think people's like mindsets are shifting in terms of like the the perception of sustainable product and environmentally conscious product because i think like some of the stuff you're producing uh, is sort of upcycled materials in the ISPA sort of range is is really forward thinking and obviously i think personally i think we're all going to have to have this change in aesthetic in terms of what yeah. we might be used to looking at or being cool, but I think like it's it's definitely a great conversation that you guys are having in terms of pushing that aesthetic and conversation to the future. Yeah, do you think people be more sort of would that be more widespread in terms of initiatives maybe going forward? Do you think with with different brands and
1: I hope so. I just think that especially with ISPA, it, it probably will always be some sort of a beta program or a niche to explore what people can understand. But yeah, showing or creating the method of make in its wildest form. You know, it, it could downgrade into like. Like different categories or different designers that make a more simplified version or grab a certain element for like a bigger audience to understand it's not everybody will wear a road warrior or that's also the yeah. reason why we don't produce a millions of them it's, it's not an Air Force one uh, that's very accessible but but there might be elements in there that could be translated and um, to more easygoing shoes and I think uh yeah this part I probably shouldn't say but like there's there's just more <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a more democratic way in the future where ispa products could be for all you know it just depends on how people read the product and are willing to wear it because uh, it is an aesthetic thing you know it's that's almost that's the beauty and the difficulty of the consumer they,
0: their taste level is all over the place that's <laughs> like yeah no absolutely so
1: choices to be made and
0: yeah and i read somewhere it's almost like um looking in retrospect did part of the um say the road warrior you know the exposed hill was that sort of taken inspiration of, of uh, an old prototype of the nike shock is i think i read that somewhere is that is yeah, that yeah.
1: yeah nikita the designer in NXC, which is more like the, the deeper end part of Nike he definitely looked at at shocks and just the DNA of Nike and all the older models but then looking into the future of like technologies that we're having or developing and yeah. literally just combining everything like smashing a big library with Nike and Smash it all together, you know? <laughs> Not looking at the Matt Max crazy car that was just a stack bank on a Mercedes on a, you know, the Matt Max is a big inspiration for him. But it was also that idea of like collective commune and just celebrating what you have and grabbing, scavenging materials and, and make it work. Uh, so that's also why the sneak car sort of happened. Like I saw so many designers linking to like a vehicle, but then for your foot, either in movies or like automotive industry design and, or even in arts, like Aaron room and the, the crazy block car and rabba doing yeah. the, the monarch with martin rose it's just
0: uh <laughs> I, I, I was going yeah, to ask about that you're the, the visual juxtapositions of like the footwear cars and if anyone hasn't checked that out please check it out i mean it, it's images sort of exploring the prism of uh, the fantastic to awkwardness to strange, yeah an amazing sort of vernacular like is that part of a thinking process before you start sort of delving into um articulating sort of ideas for specific projects or is it something well not
1: necessarily the cars but somehow if you walk through Nike and any mood board there's always a car or some sort of vehicle and it makes a lot of sense because it links to speed and a vehicle for your food and it, it's about construction and uh, the way things are shaped uh, yeah. and I think especially in the in the world of art how you see how artists translate a vehicle or automotive industry or how movies are using it uh, it's just very inspiring And I think especially towards footwear there's elements that you can use so the moment I see saw the Road Warrior and uh, even before I worked at Nike I just started collaging shoes out of car parts just yeah. in my head it makes a lot of sense when designers think of cars and shoes together but to like the audience to claim the juxtaposition and just the visual comparisons is very satisfying and not all of them are for real like some of them I just made up but you know there's definitely a ton of basketball shoes that are based on the looks <laughs> of the Ferrari and showing the engine or like Bugatti uh, outlines or uh, whatsoever but sometimes it's also just the colorway that matches or, or a certain shape matches in my head or even culture like the what is it the the BW Air Max back in the Netherlands and maybe also Italy and Germany was like this Gabber shoe and Gabbers were always driving these Opel mantras or uh, mantas or Vauxhall you know it's like a specific cultural link (laughs) to a car and a shoe as well that not everybody will get but in my head it makes sense
0: (laughs) I like those little nuances that's yeah. people need (laughs) to read the subscription otherwise you're like this doesn't make sense (laughs) so I, I guess that's closely Linked with um, what? What are you finding your positive and creative inspirations through through this period? Um, yeah, I def- definitely think like in a world that's sort of really focused on productivity, it's kind of imperative that we have hobbies to balance away with, like your weariness or like um, creative block. So, what 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 sort of things are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's a very uh, personal
1: development for everyone, I think, how to get through this. I, I'm overall quite an optimistic guy and have a lot of energy, and I I like to share that or fuel. Other people so i started doing a bunch of workshop with my teams and inviting internal partners and just keep making stuff i think it's this the, the key of play. i just had it as a child i just, was always playing and making stuff and i think that's contagious or like easy to pass on to other people and i think it gives me a lot of energy when i see a lot of other people getting excited just by making stuff and it could be you know a total failure but at least we tried it all together as a group to for example make a map or a basket or um i guess there's one particular guy or group that started on instagram called the basket club and um, it's. Should- a play on like once a month if they throw in an emoticon and then everybody around the world or in the design community has to make a basket around that emoticon so it's about weaving and making something 2D, 3D and it's such a simple thing to do but that, that element of play and finding the right material and then making something 3D, 3D is a great exercise you know I think in these times where we're all stuck at home we have we just have to be more creative with the smaller things that we have and it's hyper-focused but um, yeah it does keep me going I do miss travel a lot and family and yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of building up to that moment of like who? it's going to be so special when we actually can again so <laughs> yeah. for now just reading and walking around the house and uh, <laughs> being grateful for everything I do have <laughs> keeps me going uh,
0: no absolutely and that sounds like um, it's really nice what you were talking about with the baskets because that's very sort of um, a way to sort of stay connected in a way isn't it through sort of we were talking about this whole juxtaposition with digital yeah. and physical and that's that's yeah, like you're a,
1: still like connected through the zoom and you can show each other the materials but then you're in your environment and linked to, to, uh, this to in this case Adrian is in Berlin who was running the workshop and I bet there's more of this stuff around the world people just creating t- little clubs clubhouses having conversations and making stuff together or just have a conversation you know but yeah I'm curious if there's more out there and something similar like the basket club with the league for speed like people are keeping keep sending me cars and sneakers oh can you do this <laughs> can you do that but it, it, it does trigger something in the brain like oh that truck and sometimes I totally disagree with it but it's fine <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Something. That's yeah.
0: fantastic. So people started to do that.
1: So you yeah, started- that's when I started the, the request when people said, like, hey, can you find me a shoe with this car? Or can you <laughs> find me a shoe with this shoe? Or people give me a full platter of like this is great.
0: <laughs> like But that's oh, a that-
1: thing, I think, through social media, you are triggering communities and like uh thoughts and ideas. and it's fueling each other. and That's secretly the magic of what's happening during COVID. You know, there's a lot of loneliness, but there's also a lot of instigating or catalysts of like these ideas that I, I think are pretty awesome
0: <laughs> no i think as well i think like um definitely hobbies side hustles that definitely hub. help De- definitely yeah. help with like um creative blocks i think sometimes in just sort yeah. of taking your distracting your mind to wonder and giving you sort of um mental space to sort of think of other things and then problem sub subconsciously yeah um is there any music you've been listening to oh i have this playlist you know? F- fancy pants playlist and it's created yeah. by massive music
1: a company in amsterdam and they just like i don't have the specific Specific artists I like but it's just this variety of like old classic jazz combined with modern hip-hop and it's just oh a playlist, endless playlist of uh of amazing music that then sort of changed my algorithm in spotify so my discover weekly is different every day it's sometimes like brazilian uh <laughs> vibes to compared to like i don't know soul it's, it's just i don't have a specific artist in mind at the moment but uh,
0: no what <laughs> that's so odd i was gonna say like basically what i'm listening to is any like Boston Nova and Hip Hop yeah. <laughs> they're like switching <laughs> yeah. so like odd ends the spectrum but I'm like I'm, I'm just loving the combination of switching between the two at the moment and more podcasts and um, I'm just learning
1: through podcasts and just laughing from Adam yeah. Buck what is but is it pop uh, Antonio Pop Pop podcast about learning about crypto, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. It's really? all over the place, or all, all over the place. also great fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you, have you been on Clubhouse
1: yet? I'm getting so many invites from friends, but I haven't, <laughs> no, it's just one channel too much for me. <laughs> yeah. Who knows, I'll change my mind in a, in a month.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it varies, it's from the sublime to ridiculous in some cases, but um, <laughs> yeah. it's some quite good conversations and stuff stuff. stuff to be had on yeah um finally like just sort of i always ask this to to people in terms of like call to action to like designers up and coming and thinkers in generating new ideas and staying positive is there any is there anything that you'd like to sort of add? I mean, as, as there's a lot to be said, and on the
1: other hand, it's also just figuring it out yourself. Uh, but for me personally, the message would be um, more like start to play or keep playing. And 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 sometimes in my case, stop thinking. Like the moment I start thinking and start worrying and it totally blocks my intuition or that little voice that actually guides you to the stuff that you want to do. Uh, and I think the, the beauty of like, even try to remember what's your childhood memory of play or because in that moment of play, you actually have no fear, and even if you fail like in play it's fine because it's play and you are in the afraid of it and if you can translate that to like professional or corporate world and you're still there to play within the corporate environment and there to fail and that's almost cliche but the failure part it stops people keep keep going um i think it's always the advice for myself personally just even when i'm stuck sometimes i just remind myself just go out and like even walking around the neighborhood and find something to play with or like see see the plainness or the, the playfulness oh that's that's part of the game the failure and the <laughs> yeah. it's
0: all about that though isn't it like you know failures you know you got to fail to kind of learn and and yeah and you see it in sport like
1: sport is the obvious from skating to like running ski- snowboarding you never get there if you don't try or break a bone or break a leg literally like try not to but <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what I find inspiring by Nike and, and sports in general it is constantly trying out and getting better and stronger which is the beauty of sport but it's the same with design and training your brain and just get better uh and and understanding your own skills but also the skills and and things around you and people around you yeah
0: well that's awesome advice advice? yeah (laughs) no that's i mean that's awesome and i just think like it's it's really great the way you share a lot of your process of of thinking and even like making yeah i think that's part of your dna right in terms of everything that you sort of evoke and the, the the part of the the advice you're you're, you're sharing with everyone yeah the, to have fun and play yeah and and i think sharing is an important a, thing. same thing with the, the sneakers
1: it's 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 an idea that i'm sharing but it's also, a, also like an obvious or simple idea that people can grasp or, or fuels or instigate their own thoughts uh, and i think people are sometimes a bit too scared to, to share their ideas of like oh this might be you know stolen but it immediately linked to money or <laughs> like uh You know, sometimes be protective. If you have an idea, just develop it in your head first before you bring it out. But some ideas also just to share and just to trigger
0: people and ignite or uh, fuel fun. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Thanks, Nick, for for spending time and, yeah, nice um, to and questions. And I'm wishing you all, all the best, man, for your, your, your future endeavors. Thanks, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> yeah, please still will be looking out for those, um, the different car posts now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm just a uh, good uh, one. I'm triggered to do one every day, but it's not a, not always <laughs> <setting my course laughs> schedule. A good start of the day. Like, what shoe could I do? <laughs> yeah.
0: So I hope you enjoyed the first episode. We broadly define that the gift of failure by its very definition is something we all go through and a lot of times mistakes can be early indicators of success. I'm definitely a firm believer that every effort pays off in time. Try again, fail again, learn, inevitably fail better. I'm sure luck also plays a massive part in the process. Please do let us know if there are any other guests you'd like to hear from and don't forget to share Footwear Fables with your friends and colleagues. If you'd like to know more about Fable Footworks practice, please go to fablefootworks.com. Thanks for listening.